Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, and we've got a good one for you today. We're talking New Year's resolutions. And what are your financial resolutions for 2023? Well, we've turned this into a two-part series. We've got a couple to tackle today. And then if you don't like any of the ones that we talk about today, well, come back next week and we'll have a new batch of (laughs) financial resolutions. Walter, you're ad-libbing there. These are all going to be good. People got to do all six of these, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There I may. I don't have a bonus one, but I may think up one along the way. Well, you, n- you never know. That's why they're bonus, right? So you just <laughs> you just never know. Uh, yeah, we're going to give you at least three financial resolutions today, and then we'll do so again on the next episode. So as many of these as you can, try to implement them perhaps in your financial life if you don't already do some of these things, and you'll be better off in 2023 for it. If you're new to the show, I'm Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens. He's the president and wealth advisor of KC Financial Advisors based in Overland Park, Kansas, but you can find him from anywhere. Cover your assets, kc.com. All right, David. So thanks for paring down the resolutions to only six. You know, you could have been real creative and gone like, hey, since it's 2023, here's 23 things to improve on for the year. But no, you're, you're one making it each more until June. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, before we dive into these, do you have any? Uh, do you get into resolutions on, from a personal standpoint at all? You know, I don't really. the The yeah. things that I've got here are mostly things that I've been doing for myself and and for my family for a, long, a lot of years. So I do a lot more financial stuff. You know, I I always kind of kick in the obligatory lose ten pounds thing, which I'm mm-hmm. never successful at doing. So I, I almost re- renamed this. So this morning I had my annual physical, and uh, which I didn't start doing until I was 50, so I've been doing them for a while. But I almost said, instead of financial resolutions, which a lot of people don't do New Year's resolutions for that very reason, I thought maybe this is, should be the 2023 financial checkup, but decided to go with resolutions instead. Well, we'll come up with six new ones in uh, in May, and we'll call it the checkup then. How about that? <laughs> I like it. You know, if uh, so people have been listening to us for a while, they would know that in 2021, we did a show like this, two shows like this. In 2022, we did two shows like this. So, you know, it's a little bit, you can go back on our website and find a bunch of old podcasts, but those were 106, 107, and 155, 156. You know, what we're going to talk about today and and next week aren't dramatically different than they were a year ago and two years ago, but that's mainly because these things are foundational. In my view, these are foundational things to making sure that you have your financial house in order, things that you should do every year for yourself and for the people you care about. And so these are super important to me. They don't really change a lot from year to year, but they're really important to to be on top of, I think, if you're going to achieve the goals you've set for yourself. And here's what is different, and then we'll jump into the goals and, and into the resolutions, how whatever bow we want to wrap around these. Um, here's what is different, though. One, the financial landscape as a whole around us is constantly tweaking and changing. And so it's always good, even if you have a foundational piece to think about and talk about, uh, the landscape in which that foundational piece exists has changed. And also, you are in a different position than where you were one year or two years ago. So, 
you know, maybe you were uh, maybe you were only 50 last year and you weren't thinking about retirement quite as much. But now maybe you're 52, uh, you know, if it's been two years uh, since we last had this conversation. Maybe you're 52, 53. You're starting to get a little bit closer to that retirement date. Maybe you're in your 60s and now it's getting re- every year that passes gets you really, really close to retirement. Well, that could really change the lens through which you make decisions and view your financial life. So the fact that those things change are why it's so good to bring up these foundational topics every once in a while. So I'm looking forward to it, David. I'm going to approach it with some fresh eyes on this end of things. Let's dive in. What is the first resolution that we need to focus on in 2023? So the first one is actually new. If you went back and listened to the last two years, you wouldn't have heard this. I'll see you right there. You're already providing us with something (laughs) new. Fantastic. But it just got me to thinking. So when I was was in high school, uh, my father used to, uh, he had a, a, a weekly office meeting and he had to leave the house early. And, and, and that was on Monday mornings. And a lot of times, eh, I didn't get my homework done like I should during the weekend. So I, he said, hey, you want to you ride to school in the morning? And uh, so I'd hop into his car pretty early in the morning and go and hang out in the library for an hour and a half before school opened so that I could finish up you know, the straggler homework stuff. And as a 16 or 17-year-old, the conversation a lot of times would go to, well, David, what do you think you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, you know, I haven't, I honestly don't have really any idea what I said, but I, I remember the gist of what he would say to me, which is, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will get you there. And so, you know, in the readings I did as a young, as a young person early in my career, thinking grow rich or richest man in Babylon or things like that, they were a lot about goal setting and making sure that those goals were written goals. And so, so financial resolution number one is that you establish or update your written goals. So I've got old goal sheets from when I was in my 20s and 30s, and it is so fun to look back at those. I mean, I might, I'll, I'll, I got a filing cabinet and I occasionally stumble across that file and I'll open it up maybe once every year or two. But it is so fun to look back at those goals, which guided me as a young person, young in my career how I was going to try to get to where I was going. And you look back and think, wow, <laughs> I was setting the bar pretty low for myself. When in fact, back then, I thought I was setting the bar pretty high for myself. But the whole point was, I knew where I was trying to get to. And the reason you revise those every year is because hopefully you've killed it and you need to set the bar higher for yourself. But if it's just a thing in the back of your mind, it doesn't count. So I just encourage it. So now I have, I still do it, but in, and now I don't write them down on pieces of paper. It's on my iPhone, a little section in notes. And so I have a note right now that says to do by age 65, 68, and 70, three different sets of goals that I have. I like that. And so it's just easy for me to keep it on my phone because then I can, I can edit it, but I can also take a look at it anytime I want. And it's always right there on my hip. So what kind of goals are we talking about? Well, you may have relationship goals. You may have other things that are, that are unrelated to finances. And, I, and we just talk about financial stuff here mostly. But, you know, you, you probably, if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, you probably have an income goal that you say, you know what, I'd like to get here by the time I'm five years from now and then 10 years from now. And I'd like to have a net worth of this by the time I'm 40 and by 45 and by 60. And maybe you're an early retirement person. You say, I want to retire at 60. And in order to get there, I have to have this amount of net worth 
that's going to generate this amount of income for me. Whatever your deal is, however fast you want to get somewhere, I'll assure you that if you write it down and you continuously revisit those goals and make them more up to date with your actual results, you're going to get to those goals probably faster and bigger than you ever thought possible. So if you're listening to us and you're in retirement, well, this doesn't leave you out either. Maybe you have goals about the travel that you want to get done while your legs and and hips and while you still care. Maybe you have giving or gifting goals that you want to accomplish. Maybe you're still in an asset accumulation mode where you, you know, before your 80th birthday, you want your net worth to be this. Whatever things that are important to you, I'd encourage you to write them down and review them annually and reset the bar based on how you're doing. I really like that, David. It's uh, just why the same reasons you have people put their retirement plans in writing when they come in to meet with you. You don't just talk about it in the air and then hit some buttons on a computer and it's done, but it's written down, it's planned out. And our personal goals and our financial goals can all follow the same suit. So I like that. I'm going to make that one of my resolutions this year right now to actually write out some goals for where we want to be at the end of the year and and a couple of years into the future as well. Just like you said, fantastic. All right. So that was a little new addition to our resolutions or our beginning year checkup checklist kind of deal. What about the second one? Well, the second one is an old standby. In fact, I think uh, I mentioned (laughs) at the end of the last podcast that this was going to come up because it's super important as your, I mean, one of the ways you know you're attaining your financial goals is by calculating your net worth annually. And so I liken it to this. Hop in the car and then I say, I'll bet my cell phone's right here and I'll bet she's going to turn on. But I say, hey, Siri, driving directions to wherever I'm trying to go. Well, what Siri needs to know is, Now, there's a lot that happens in the middle, but two of the key pieces of information she needs to go, needs to know to get started are these. Where are you now and where are you trying to go? Well, where you're trying to go is what we just talked about in resolution number one, establishing those written goals and updating them annually. Where you are is your current financial net worth. And so if you don't know where you are, then it's really hard to set realistic goals uh, as you're you're establishing those goals we talked about in number one. So I think everyone, I've got net worth calculations from decades ago. They're they're pieces of paper, a yellow graph paper. Uh, Now, the last 15 years, they're all Excel files. Whatever way you do it, just make sure you do it. So it's a super simple calculation. I just feel compelled to go through it for people who maybe didn't have many business classes in in high school or college, but it's super simple, but it's super important to do this. So what you have on on the left side, a left column of your piece of paper is you just list all the assets that you have and the market value of each of those assets. So if you got a home, well, you put down the fair market value of that home. I've been asked the question, well, do I reduce the amount of the realtor fee that would cost me to sell it? Sure, I would, but you don't have to. That's a, that's a nitpick. Make sure you just put in a market value. You don't have to research it to death. Put in the market value of your cars. 
put in, you know what your value of your 401k was because you got a statement that says December 31st on it. Maybe you've got a brokerage account. Maybe you inherited some money. Maybe you have a bank account uh, or a money market account or CDs at your bank. Those are all assets that you're going to want to have listed on the left side with dollar amounts associated with each. On the right side, all you're going to do is list everybody you owe money to. Now, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a bank for your mortgage. Maybe you have an automobile loan. Hopefully not, but maybe you have some credit card debt. Whoever you owe money to, well, those are your liabilities. And once you know the dollar amount of those, then you subtract those from the dollar amount of your assets, and that's your net worth. And hopefully, each year, that amount goes up sometimes buy a lot because maybe the market was great and your 401k did really well. And sometimes, maybe like this year, market was down 20% and you were heavily invested in stocks. So maybe even the money you added into your 401k didn't even keep up with how much it fell in value. Maybe your home didn't go up in value, you know, or whatever it was. It's not super important whether it went up or down this year, although you'd sure like to see it go up every year. What's super important is that you make the calculation and you understand why did it go up or why did it go down. And then you know each year as you're updating your goals, where you're trying to get to, you know where you are because you know your net worth, your financial net worth on January 1st of every year. And then you keep a record of it because, frankly, it's kind of cool to be able to look back and see the progress, see the trails in the sand, because you've got a years of footprints in the form of your net worth calculations. It's, uh, it sounds like that one's really not uh, so much about, ooh, I had a bad year, ooh, I had a great year. And it's just more so about the, if you're doing this, you're just keeping the pulse. You're staying in tune with where you are. It's more about the, the mentality of tracking that and what that leads to rather than the actual up and downs of it. Exactly. So I, I think I mentioned, yeah, I know I mentioned at the very top of this, I had my annual physical today. Why do I go in for an annual physical? Well, because when you're a male, they tell you after you turn 50, go in every year to do it. But it also, so one thing I'm waiting on an email today is to show my blood work. I get a chart from KU Med that shows historically what each of those readings has been. So from a medical perspective, it's important for me to see, are, are these you know, my cholesterol or whatever those things are, are they getting worse, better, or the same? I think it's super important to do that for yourself with your finances, especially in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. You don't need a guy like me, maybe in your mid-50s. You don't need somebody like me to do this. It's just important that you do it for yourself so that you, frankly, sometimes stay motivated to keep driving forth forward to where you're trying to get. So anyway, super important. And to have a, a trail that you can look back at can be really motivating when you see, okay, this is working. I, I feel like I'm in control here. And there are a lot of good feelings in life. But this is a pretty good feeling to realize that you're in control of your financial future, that you've taken control of it, and you don't have to feel like you're getting whipped around by the winds and the storms. 
I like that. And honestly, you pair these first two together, establish and update your written goals. And then the second one, calculating your net worth, you kind of you know can easily start to develop the game plan to know where you're standing and know where you want to go. That helps two very p- important pieces of the puzzle, that is for sure. Um, so great way to do it. Start with those two goals this year, and already you're on a much more solid foundation and footing uh, for your uh, future in terms of your finances and retirement. All right, so we promised three resolutions or checkup items on the show today. So what is the third and final one for part one of this conversation, David? Well, the third one is a slight little tweak from prior years, and it's I'm going to call it right-size your emergency fund. So if you don't have an emergency fund, then it's not, it's not of the right size. So the goal with an emergency fund is to have six months of living expenses tucked away someplace boring, like, for instance, a bank account. You can get more exotic with it, but that's a good place to go because what you're really trying to do is make sure that when you got to go buy a new set of tires or your PC gives up and you have to go buy one and your employer doesn't do it. And you've got a a thousand or two or 3000 bucks of a car repair uh, that you have to pay for and you don't want to put it on a credit card. So for various reasons, we'll talk about next week, but to have an emergency fund gives you a lot of peace of mind that when something eventually goes wrong, which it will, you've got it covered and you don't have to take exotic steps like put it on a, on a high balance credit card to take care of it. So when I say right size, I mean two different things. One is if it's too small, you need to actively build that up to that six months of living expenses. And again, your credit cards, availability to credit does not count. I have a number of clients who have ended up with way too large. They don't think of it as an emergency fund, but frankly, it's money sitting in the bank and a lot of times way underutilized. And so that is, in a sense, an emergency fund as well. So it used to be for the last 10 years, the money you had sitting in a bank or in a brokerage account, money market account, earned about zero because interest rates were have been really low for a really long time. But this year, uh, 2022, the Federal Reserve Bank has been raising interest rates significantly such that your bank money now can actually earn a bunch. And so your excess emergency funds aren't just sitting around doing nothing if you're paying attention. The reason I bring this up is I've talked to more than a handful of clients in the last three months and they haven't been paying attention, and they've got a hundred or $200,000 sitting in the bank doing nothing. So here's the quick example. This is the only, these are the only numbers I'm going to trot out today. But if you've got 200 grand sitting at the bank in a checking account that might be earning one-tenth of 1%, that 200 grand is going to earn you 200 bucks of interest. You're like, well, that's a nice dinner out. But if you took that 200000 and put it in a money market account at what I know is a conservative rate of 3 to 3.5%, well, two hundred grand to 3.5%, that's $7,000. So would you rather have 200 bucks of interest or 7,000 bucks of interest? This is on your idle money that you don't feel good about investing because you just might need it sometime. If you're in your 20s or 30s, you probably don't have 200 grand sitting around. But if you're in your 60s or 70s, 
there's a pretty good chance that you do have a couple of hundred grand sitting around and you don't want it sitting around at a tenth of a percent when three or three and a half percent is available just by paying a little bit of attention to it. That's fantastic, David, and another great reason to get that emergency fund not only established, but make sure it's the right size for your situation that just folds right into that net worth statement, into establishing those goals. You can make that one of your first actual written money goals is to get that part right. And we're going to have some other good ones to dive in and talk about on the next episode of the podcast. But there you have it, three tangible goals that you can Put in paper, put in writing, and uh, get on the right track to starting your 2023 off the right way. You know what? The timing of this episode, I think, is pretty good here, David, because you know people's actual resolutions this year for those who made them. You know, they've probably broken several of them already or given <laughs> up on them. So, you know, kind of a mid-month resolution. You know, redo. This is a re- a, this yeah. is your second chance resolution. The big reset. Here. Yeah, big, big reset. <laughs> Give it a second run. See if you can do it with this financial focus. So again, your first three, establish and update your written goals, calculate that net worth, and right size your emergency fund. If you've got questions about how to do any of these things or additional questions about financial and retirement planning, David Dickens and the team at Cover Your Assets KC are there to help you. Uh, 913-317-1414 is the number, 913-317-1414, or the website Cover Your Assets KC. Dot com, And we'll put the contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it nice and easy. David, thank you for all the help today. And uh, we'll look to see if we can go ahead and start working on these over the next week, a little homework. And then we'll have three other good ones to talk about next time around. I love homework when it belongs to somebody else and not me. So there you go. We'll, have a, we'll have three good ones next week that hopefully will dovetail nicely into these three. And we'll be off and running for 2023 much easier to assign it than to do it. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Cover Your Assets KC. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.